mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The Stuff in the House. His scripture text will be taken from Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 16. Here now, Pastor Moody.
Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the Richmond House Prayer. Let's give Jesus a hand, would you? Amen. Uh, what an exciting day it is to serve the Lord. God is so good. Uh, we're starting off this morning with a baptismal service, and uh, I think we've got two that are being baptized. We had, I think, about eight that signed up, so I don't know what happened to the others. I'm sure they uh, knew that it was today, but if not, we'll catch them later. But we're glad you're here. Baptism is a wonderful, wonderful part of the Christian faith. It's a demonstration of our faith in Jesus, that we trusted Him in His death, burial, and resurrection, and that we have died with Him, been buried with Christ, and rose to walk in the newness of life. Uh, I like to say that baptism identifies us with Jesus, amen, because of His death, burial, and resurrection, but it also identifies Jesus with us because he was baptized in Jordan and told John it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, he was doing it to illustrate how we should be. And so it's, it's great when people uh, give their heart to the Lord and they get saved. And then they want to follow the Lord, his command in baptism because baptism is an ordinance of the church, but it's an ordinance with a promise because Peter said, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, I want you to understand, of course, we receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved, we're regenerated by the Spirit, but then there's the promise of that baptism. Amen. Being endued with power, clothed with it, to be a witness and a worker for God and to live this life in victory. So we're so happy for these today, and we're going to baptize them, and Nick's going to get right in to the worship, and, and then we'll be out just in a little while to... Preach the word. We had a great service in the first service. Good altar call. God moved, and we're so glad for that. Um, more folks are still coming in uh, today. I, I know this is deer hunting season. Some folks are not here. We've got some vacation and different things, but we're glad you're here, and the the presence of the Lord is here. Amen. Praise God. Stand with us, would you? Amen. Uh, I want to make this announcement real quickly. Uh, this afternoon from 4 to 9, we're going to be having a, a visitation for Sister Judy Hager. She's one of our dear, precious ladies who went on to be with the Lord. She's in heaven rejoicing today. But we're having her viewing this afternoon from 4 to 9. And then her funeral will be here tomorrow at 11. So be much in prayer for Raymond, uh, her husband, Rita Medlock, her sister that comes to church here, their two sons and their grandchildren. Be much in prayer for them as we minister to them during this time of their grief. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for these who have come to Christ and given their heart to the Lord and want to submit to you, Lord, in water baptism. We pray that you bless them, fill them with your spirit, guide their steps, and let their lives be an example that they have died with Christ, been buried with him in a watery grave, and rose to walk in the newness of life with Jesus. Let your will be done as we celebrate with them their conversion today and their testimony of faith. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we do it all in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. This 
first fellow we're going to baptize today. This is this is Sammy. How old are you, Sam? How, how old are you? He's seven years old. He gave his heart to the Lord, and God has been moving on this young man. And he's been seeing visions, and the Lord's working in his life. This is his mom. She uh, wanted to help baptize him today. She's got a call on her life for ministry. And you want to say anything? God's just really moving in the life of all of our family here. And he's he's had evidence of God being in his heart for some years, but he was scared of having his head under the water. And uh, he is ready, and I'm so excited for him. Amen. Amen. Beginning a new walk with the Lord. Amen. She lovely and uh, give her heart to the Lord. You want to say anything? Yeah. Are you happy? Yes. Glad to be getting baptized. You love Jesus? Yes. Got him in your heart. Yes. Going to heaven. Yes. Praise God. How old are you, Haley? 17. 17 years old. Isn't that great? Let's give her a hand, would you? Praise God. Give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. 
on, somebody give him a shout of praise. Have you been raised to life, from death to life, from sorrow to joy? In the name of Jesus, let's all stand together, if you would, in his presence. How many is thankful for two new lives, two new conversions, two new deaths in the watery grave, but how many know they resurrected with Christ when they came back up out of the water? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, again, we want to welcome you to the Richmond House of Prayer. Thank you so much for being with us this morning and worshiping with us. If you're ready, just turn to your neighbor and give him an air five or a high five. Tell him you're glad to see him. And let's come together and worship him. All right. Let's give him a clap and shout of praise. Come on. We've already seen a miracle here this morning. Praise to the newness of life. Amen. you 
It's the blood that gives me strength from day. about in the first song. 
It's the blood that gives me everything I've got. It's because of the sacrifice on Calvary. Can we just lift our hands and thank Him for what He did for us? Can we just lift our hands and thank Him that He died on a cross for us, that He bore our sins, our shame, our iniquities. He, he, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The payment for our peace, He took upon Him. And by His stripes, we are healed. Somebody just lift up your hands and thank Him. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
service when they sang this song when they got to that part about chains fall so many times people don't realize that there are chains in their life things that are binding them that are holding back their potential holding back them keeping them back from the plan that God has for their lives and then that next line says fear bow fear has torment you hear me and some people call it an anxiety disorder. They call it this, they call it that. But the reality is that fear comes from Satan. And somebody said fear, a good acronym for that is false evidence appearing real. And faith is fear ain't in this house. Hallelujah. And I come to tell somebody, you can put your faith in this Jesus that these two were just baptized, these two young people confessing their faith and their trust in Him as Savior. And fear loses its hold chains have to loose and I hear chains falling praise God so often in the service when the spirit of God is moving it's like if you listen you can hear the chains falling God's setting people free And, and Jesus changes everything and perhaps you walked in here this morning and you may not even be accustomed to this type of worship you might think these people are crazy but let me tell you something the reason why they're so excited the reason why we're so excited is because we've had the chains fall. Come on, somebody. And uh, if the truth be told, ain't none of us perfect. If the truth be told, all of us have had our wounds, our injuries. We've had our bondages. We've went through, we've went through hell on earth at different points in our life. But one day Jesus came and the chains broke and the fear had to bow. And grace came and mercy came and love came and they were singing show me your glory and God hid us in the cleft of the rock and let us see his glory his glory is sins forgiven his glory is a changed heart a changed life a new beginning hallelujah his his glory is that he has made us his own child it don't get any better than that so no matter where you came from and what you've been through what happened to you is any point in your life I want you to hear that sound chains 
fall. Fear bow. Lives healed here and now. Jesus changes everything. Amen. Baby, would you sing that line one more time? That change. I just that just ministering to me. Just sing that one more time. Hallelujah. church and it was shining a green light which represents grace and hope and she said while we were singing that song hope amen is here now God just said it's here now and there's, there's strength here now there's a way for you to find your way out of bondage and this is for somebody today you don't have to live bound up anymore you can be free today you can be free amen praise God amen amen how many really believe that Jesus can change everything? He has, he does, he always does. I was talking with somebody on the phone last night, and like, I sometimes I wonder if Christians, if we actually believe that God can do everything that he can do, do we really have enough faith in him? When we speak to cancer, does, do we really believe that it's going to leave, or do it's just something we say? Or do we really, do we really believe it? I know, and she won't mind me saying that, it blessed me hearing Sarah sing this this morning. I remember when Sarah came here. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't. She won't care if I say this. She's one of my best friends, and she was just in a in a rough place, <laughs> in a real rough place. Uh, come from come a broken home. She's told her testimony here before. We're on live stream. I didn't ask her if I could do this, so I won't tell the full thing. But it it was as rough as a, if you can imagine a situation how bad it could be. Times it by ten, and then you're not even close. So um, and uh, she said that before. But here, and that just that that's a testimony because listening to her lead worship this morning, and tell somebody else that God can change everything, 
that a situation, I know that situation, if it was that bad and God can do what he's done in her life, he can do it in your life too. I promise you that. I, listen, and I'm not just trying to tell some horror story, but ask Sarah if God can really change everything. Because <laughs> he will. He will. He'll do it every single time. I don't care if you're, if you're from a broken home, if your child's on drugs, if your wife has cancer, if, you, if you've been crippled your whole life. Me and somebody was talking on the phone that, about that last night. God can do anything. We just have to put enough faith to it to make it happen. The Bible says that after Jesus left, we were going to see greater things because the same spirit that lived in Jesus lives in every single one of us. And it's the way I was telling, I was telling Tyler last night on the phone, the way I look at it is it's just simple multiplication. Back then there was just Jesus. But now every single one of us has the same spirit that lived inside Jesus because when he took his final breath on the cross, that same spirit that was alive in him came alive in us and expanded through eternity and reached out and touched every single person that accepts Christ into their life. So I have enough faith that we, if we can just start activating that faith, I believe that we can see everything that we're asking God for. It, it don't, I don't care if it's a mental or a physical battle. God can do it. I just want you to have faith. I don't care if you've prayed it for 20 years. Don't just, when you pray, don't just ask as like a hope, God, can you please do this? I just fully believe that he's going to do it. He's going to change the situation because that's the power he has. He can change any situation. We're going to pray this morning. Why don't you just bow your heads? We're going to pray over what would normally be the offering. I'll tell you how you can give in a minute. But I just feel that, like, like Kelsey said, hope in this house this morning for somebody. Listen, if he can change my situation, if he can change Sarah's, my dad, you can. he was here last weekend telling his testimony. If he can change those situations, I don't care if you're watching by live stream or I don't care if you're in the service. He can change everything for you this morning. God, right now, I thank you so much for what we've already had happen. God, the, we, we, we heard the two greatest testimonies this morning of salvation. God, the greatest testimony of it all. But right now, God, I feel hope rising up in this house, God, for somebody in the situation. I don't care if it's mental, physical, if they don't know you. I feel hope in this house this morning, God, and I believe somebody's going to receive that. Somebody's going to receive that. God, we believe that you can change everything. I believe you're going to change the climate in America right now. God, I rebuke division and I bring hope to this country, God, right now. Lord, we ask for the spiritual climate in America to just change completely, God. We rebuke everything that the enemy's trying to do, God. God, we ask you bless the remainder of this service. Bless Pastor Moody as he brings the message. God, and then right now, I bring a special hope to Brother Raymond Hager and his family, and to this family, to this church who has lost such an amazing woman, but heaven gained one of the most amazing people to ever grace this planet. God, and I'm thankful for that this morning, that she is on the other side of the, just seeing such a beautiful city that we're all longing to go to. God, now pray for comfort and peace to the family and to this church today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. We, we're so glad you're here. You can be seated. We're going to transition here in just a second. I just want to tell you a few ways that you can give this morning. Um, normally, you know, in the past we used to pass around the plates and do the offering that way. Now we've made it just a little easier on you. As you exit the building today, either if you exit out this door or if you exit to the foyer, you can just drop your offering in there if that's cash, check, in the tithing envelope, however you want to do that. Or you can just text any amount to 84321 or you can go to rhopgiving.com. I know um, we want to welcome our live stream family as always. They got to watch the baptisms this morning. It was great. I know there's probably a lot of people watching from cabins and different things like that. I honestly believe our in-house attendance may be the lowest of the year. 
on opening gun season weekend. <laughs> I honestly believe that. I'm not complaining because I was in the woods myself this morning and missed the 9 a.m. service. Uh, we all take our vacations and do it different ways. But uh, this morning, we, wanna, we just, we just want to welcome you here. If you're new with us, on your way out, on either pedestal as you exit the sanctuary or in the foyer, there's a little QR code. If you've been to a restaurant since COVID-19 was a thing, it's the same exact thing as you do for your menus. Just put your phone up to it, and it'll take you to a it'll take you to a website. And we want you to sign in. We just want to get to know you. I want to call you and talk to you and see what you think about the church, and we just want to bless you in that way. But this morning, Pastor Moody's going to come and bring the message this morning. So why don't you guys give Pastor Moody a round of applause as he comes this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I mean, he's praying for Bambi this morning that he'll make it out of the woods alive. <laughs> I said that to a guy one day. And I said, you're going to try to shoot Bambi? He said, listen, Bambi was a fawn when I was a kid. He's full grown now. Praise God. So he's so good to be in the house this morning. There's deliverance in this house today. The power of God is here to deliver you. Sister Annette said a while ago she just felt it, felt it this morning in the first service and stayed for the second service. You can get loose today. Amen. If you've been in bondage, that's, that's good news from heaven. If you've been bound by anything, you can get free today. That's the word of the Lord. There's deliverance in this house. Do you hear me? Somebody say amen. There's deliverance in the house today. Amen. Dave, put my title up if you would. I'm going to preach this for... A few minutes this morning on a thought that God had stirred my heart with. I'm going to preach on the stuff in the house. The stuff in the house. And the reason why I'm doing this, when I read my text here in a moment, it'll be familiar. There's some other places I'm going that are not so familiar. But we are all prone at times to be preoccupied with stuff. And bring stuff into our home, stuff into our lives. Some of us, stuff was put in our lives before we were born. Some of it's generational stuff. It's generational curses. It's bondages that have come from previous generations that have not been broken. And God began to deal with me about the stuff in our house, the stuff in our lives. Jesus dealt with it. And... Uh, I'm going to try to deal with it myself this morning. So if you would go with me to Matthew chapter 21, if you want to stand for the reading of God's Word and a very familiar text, hallelujah, Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse number 12, the scripture said, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast, all, cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, overthrew the tables of the money changers and all the seats of them that sold doves, and said unto them, It is written that my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Watch what happens after he dealt with the stuff in the house. And then the Bible says, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And the scripture said, When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, crying out in the temple, and saying, Hosanna. That means blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the son of David. This is odd. It says, they were sore displeased. And said unto him, hearest thou what these say? 
And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, Thou hast perfected praise. Perfected praise. I want you to notice what happened. Jesus goes into the temple. And there are those there who are selling things. There are those there who are exchanging money. When you came into the temple, you could only use the temple coin. So they came from everywhere, and they had Roman coins and coins from other lands. So there were money changers set up in the temple and trading money with them so they could bring the offering into the, into the temple. Of course, they were charging extra, and they were making money on it. There were others that were sitting out there selling the things that God said you bring to sacrifice. But to them, it was just business. And to those who, instead of bringing a lamb that they'd raised up and watched and inspected and made sure that it was spotless and, and flawless, they just bought a lamb while they were there. Those that were poor that couldn't afford a lamb, the scriptures gave a right to them to bring a turtle dove. Instead of finding one that didn't have a broken wing or a flawed foot, they just bought whatever was handy. So really it was no sacrifice, are you with me? And it was no worship, it was just religion. And then when Jesus took care of the stuff in the house, and the blind and the lame came, and he began to heal them. Even the religious leaders got upset and said, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, you've never read that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, God brings perfect praise. I'm going to deal with, how many know sometimes there's stuff in the house that hinders us from getting to God? So I'm going to deal with the stuff in the house. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Let your will be done, and we'll give you praise. Use us for a few minutes today, God, to speak to hearts. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. The Scripture said that Jesus drove out the money changers. John's Gospel said he fashioned a whip and drove them out of courts. And it seems almost harsh that God would deal with people this way at church. Everybody comes to church expecting to hear their favorite song. They come to church expecting to hear a message that they like. They come to church expecting to be comfortable. I think about that sometimes. People come to me, Brother Moody, it's too hot, it's too cold. I know there's like baby bear soup, it's just right. I remember preaching in Guatemala one time in the jungle. It was about 100 and something outside, and you could add about 20 degrees to that inside in that church. It was cram-packed. I was on a little platform, and the wall was like this close behind me. Every stitch I had on was trenched with sweat. I was preaching. The power of God was moving, and then all of a sudden, everybody started kind of laughing. I didn't know what was going on. And I looked behind me, and there was a lizard about this long crawling across the wall right behind me. And uh, nobody paid any attention. I was preaching down in Honduras one night, and chickens came walking through the sanctuary. And yet we come to the church, and sometimes we're just concerned with comfort. There's no sacrifice. There's no pressing in to the presence of God. And I said this morning, Nick's up here trying to lead us into worship, and and uh, sometimes we don't feel like singing. We'll sing anyway. 
And sometimes I don't like the song. Well, sing it anyway. I don't feel like raising my hands. Raise them anyway. Because God called us to offer a sacrifice of praise from your heart, the fruit of your lips coming out, praising him. Can you say amen? My, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When, Lord have mercy. When we come into the house and leave the stuff outside and begin to praise, then deliverance comes. Breakthrough comes. Hallelujah. Jesus came, comes in with a whip. The chastening of the Lord often brings us to the place we need to be with God. He loves us too much to leave us to ourselves, to let us have it my way. This is not Burger King. Can you say amen? There's a need born out of God's requirement for us to be holy people, to be sanctified people, to be people who, who are after his presence. They were singing that this morning, show me your glory. How many came wanting to see his glory? Moses said that to God. He said, show me your glory. God hid him in the cleft of the rock and let him look at his hinder parts as he walked by. But as he walked by, he proclaimed, the Lord gracious, the Lord merciful, the Lord forgiving sins to the third and fourth generations. And, and he began to show exactly who God really was. I want to tell you, when you come into the house, amen, and into the presence of God, you need to come in expecting that God's going to deal with your stuff. He's going to deal with the stuff that ain't right. He's going to deal with the stuff that's gone wrong. He's going to deal with the generational things that's in your house. Amen. Your daddy may have been a drunk. Amen. Your grandfather may have been a drunk. You may have the tendencies, of, amen, to bondages and to addictions. But when you come into the presence of God, grace and mercy are going to meet you. Favor and power are going to overtake you. And God's coming to set you free while you're in his presence. Give him praise if you would. The closer we get to God, the more power there is to be revealed. I have been for a few weeks now dealing with people who just came out of demon possession. And from that, and I won't go into a lot of details, things that brought them to that place. And they are afraid of lapsing back, falling back. They're young they, in, in this, this way. And the other night I said, James said this, Talk to them, draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. And when God gets with you, come on, somebody. The next verse says, then you can resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Give him praise. The closer we get to God, the more his illuminating presence will reveal our need for more of his glory. Our perfections, our faults, our flaws. Jesus said in Luke uh, 3, 13 and 3, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. People have not truly repented when they're trying to make excuses and trying to hold on to the hang-ups and the bondages of the past. Amen. I believe it was Patton that said during World War II, there's no substitute for victory. Can I get a witness? I mean, look at somebody and say, I'm in it to win it, baby. Praise God. I'm in this to overcome the devil. I'm in this to overcome every bondage. Whoa, I'm in this to be healed. I'm in this to be delivered. 
I'm in this to walk in victory. Anybody hearing me today? I'm in this to walk in the favor of God. I intend to shout all the way to heaven, glory to God. I intend to walk in the power of his anointing and in the power of his might. I believe that when I preach, people are going to get saved. When I lay hands on the sick, they're going to recover. Are you hearing me? I'm in this thing for the glory of Almighty God. Give him praise, if you would. John said, if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, 1 John 1 and 7, it said, we have fellowship one with another, with him. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. God doesn't forgive you, save you, and then hold back a little bit to remind you of that one thing that you did, that one weakness that you have, that one problem you had. I'll tell this, my wife won't care and her sister's here, but their dad had a terrible drinking problem when they, when they were children. They, they grew up in poverty because of that drinking problem. And on his deathbed, he apologized to his family because of those years of living that way. Before he died, 10 years before he died, he got saved and he lived for God. God forgave him. Amen of every sin. Are you hearing me? And I love to tell the story that he was driving, he had an old Oldsmobile and he was driving out of town one day and uh, the enemy was fighting him because of what he'd done in the past and he was wrestling with trying to get his mind around being forgiven. He was a man who couldn't write his, uh, couldn't write his name. I mean, just he could just write his name, but he couldn't read. He and, and he was didn't have education, but he was, and so he was trying to get his mind around how total forgiveness would work. And he said he was wrestling with that, and he was coming out of town one day, and he had the radio on, and he said the most beautiful choir you'd ever heard come on the radio singing when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal. Bright and fair, when the saved of earth are gathered over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. He said all the way home, that song played. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. He said, when I pulled into my driveway down there on Tate's Creek Road, he said, when I pulled in the driveway, he said, I reached over to turn off the radio and he said, the thing wasn't even on. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. I'm here to tell you that God has a way of illuminating our lives when we walk in the light to let us know that it is well. Can you say amen? And we're all prone at times to allow ourselves to be preoccupied with stuff, the stuff of life that we have to deal with. But what I'm talking about is that, amen, if we're not careful, we'll lose sight of what God is saying. Can I say it? We'll lose sight of holiness. We'll lose side of real worship and and being truly committed to God. We lose sight of the fact that no matter what we're dealing with and what we're facing, that there's a God that wants to set us free. Amen. Jesus said, amen, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Amen. And Hebrews 2 and 1 said, therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed, amen, to the things which we've heard, lest 
just at any time we should let them slip. Are you hearing me? There's stuff in my life that I've got to have a daily visitation of the Holy Ghost. I've got to have a daily infusion of the Word of God. I've got to have a daily time of prayer in seeking Him. Are you hearing me? You might say, well, what do you wrestle with? Listen, we all, amen, uh, the Scripture said, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. And every one of us have something that we struggle with. And one man I was reading after said he struggled with, with, with thoughts, you know, that were, that were inappropriate and, and indecent and evil thoughts. He called them evil thoughts. And he said, this is one thing that, that I found out. Amen. He said, you don't nurse it. You don't rehearse it. He said, my God, you disperse it. You get rid of it. You, amen. Let your mind, amen, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Am I helping anybody? Listen, when Jesus came in the house, he found that there was stuff. There was stuff in there that had to be dealt with because it was hindering what God wanted to do. Are you hearing me? It's not about just fulfilling an obligation to come to the church. I feel like preaching today. It's not about just uh, fulfilling some obligation so the preacher won't be upset with me. But it's coming to a place where God can move the stuff out of my house, this house here, out of my family, out of my church that will allow the Spirit of God to move. And because the Scripture said when Jesus got rid of the stuff, then the lame and the blind came and God healed them. Hallelujah. I want to just digress for a moment and go to the book of Leviticus about stuff in the house. God, given that law, the Levitical law, when you read that, you know, it's that, some of it is just, you know, just, just read, you want to get through with it. But I was reading about, about ceremonial rites and cleansings and all of that under the law, under the old covenant, which is the type and shadow of what Jesus came to fulfill. And your Bible says in Leviticus chapter 14 and verse 33, it said, the Lord spoke to Moses, now watch this, the prophet, the leader, and to Aaron, the priest, the one who actually performed the services of worship and sacrifice. And he said to him, when you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession, and this next line is a little hard to get your mind around. And God said, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession. I put it in there, a, a, a leprosy. And he that owns the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, it seems to me that it, there is, as it were, a plague. There's something horrible in the house. And then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest shall go in to see the plague that all that's in the house be not unclean. In other words, the priest is going to come in. He's going to, he's going to have vision. He's going to see what's, is there death in this house? Is there a plague? Is there something that's hindering me being able to come up to the potential that God has for me? So he comes in and he tells them, take everything out. I don't want no pictures on the wall trying to hide nothing. I don't want any furniture. Any of y'all ever set a piece of furniture in a place to cover up a bad spot in the wall or something? And I moved it over there because I didn't, I didn't want to have to fix that. I want to hide the ugly. Are you with me? 
But the man of God's coming, so now you've got to get everything out because he's coming because there's something in the house that has to be dealt with. There's stuff in the house. Are you with me? It may be generational stuff. It may be that you were molested as a child, you know, or, or bullied or, ab- or abused or, or, you know, I don't, just, there's, there's a ton of things that can be generational curses. So anyway, he said he'll come into the house and, and uh, put everything else out so that that stuff won't be unclean. And afterwards, the priest shall go in and he'll go in to see or to examine the house. And he'll look for the plague. And behold, if the plague is in the walls of the house, with hollow strengths. Now, that's what King James says. If you're reading New King James, some of the others, it literally says ingrained streaks or something that's more than on the surface. It's something that's got into the wall, into the plaster. And uh, when, you, when you go on and it said it'll be greenish or reddish, which is in sight or lower than the wall. That word lower than the wall means in the surface of it. It's not just on the surface. Am I preaching all right here? Sometimes our problems are more than skin deep. Sometimes our problems are more than, you know, what you see on the outside. Some people judge people by their race, by their color, by their ethnicity. Some some people look at other people because they're overweight or because they're tattooed up or or because they've got some deformity or or, or because maybe they're they're physically not, you know. One one of the writers I read in a book about the Apostle Paul that's called the Lion of Judah, uh, he said Paul was a little ugly guy. Said history said that Paul's appearance was repulsive and people hated him when they saw him. I had that problem. I mean, literally, that was, he was offensive to people by his demeanor. People judge things by the appearance. But he said, I want you to know there's a plague in the house, and it's possible that it's more than just on the surface. When, when you read, you know, the priest uh, said would go out of the house, and, and uh, in verse number 38, the priest would go out of the house to the door of the house and shut the house up for seven days after he sees it. When you go and read the rest of that chapter, if the way they built houses, if you've ever been in Central America, you've seen a lot of these houses are laid up with stone and then they're plastered and that's how they make the smooth surface inside and out. And they would go in and he would inspect it and he would, when he saw it, he'd say, scrape the plaster wherever the spot was. They'd scrape the plaster down. After they got the, the plaster scraped down, if he saw that it was into the stone, he'd say, dig out that stone. Dig out, that, take that stone out, cut out these stones that, where, where this thing is. You understand God's saying, you got to deal with this. And, and can I tell you what else it goes on to say? It said, if it was all through the house and it couldn't be got out, the priest would say, tear the stinking thing down. Hey, you're not hearing me. It's not God's plan for you to live under that bondage. God either wants to clean it up or tear it down and rebuild the thing completely. Glory to God. Stuff. Stuff in the house. Are you with me? You might say, 
What's that got to do with me? 1 Corinthians 6, 10 or 6, 19. Why know you not, amen, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is, which is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own. Watch verse 20. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Let me tell you something. I can't serve God and sneak around on the internet and look at pornography and sneak around and chat with people. People, you know, that uh, say things that are ungodly. I can't serve God. Amen. And go watch filthy movies and listen to ungodly music. I can't serve God and drink liquor. I can't serve God and lust after things of the world. I want to tell you, you've got to deal with the stuff in your house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Holy, holy. There's deliverance. Amen. We've seen it. We've seen preachers fall. We've seen big ministries crumble because they wouldn't deal with the stuff in the house. Are you hearing me? It's happening all the time. I know it happened in the 80s with some of the big preachers, but we're hearing of it recently. I could call a name right now that most of you would recognize that's internationally known right now, caught up in a sex scandal. I'm telling you, you got to deal with this stuff. I feel I feel a travail in my spirit. I don't usually react this way, but I feel that somebody's agony. I feel somebody's struggle. I feel somebody's pain. I've come to tell you the priest is in the house. The man of God has walked in. Dig the plaster off the wall. Dig the stones out. If you have to, tear the house down. Start over. Because God wants you to be free. He wants you. I walked into a place of business one day. A man was standing there and I knew him. He ran the thing. He knew me. and he, He's always treated me like with respect. And I said to him, you need the Lord. We was talking. Nobody there but me and him. I said, why don't you bring your family and come to church? I'll never forget his answer. He looked at me and said, I'm as good as you are. He said, I don't need church. He said, I don't need the Lord to do anything for me. I'm all right. I'm going to heaven. And me knowing right then the woman he was cheating on his wife with, I knew her. I knew who she was. Nobody around, I said, you can't go to heaven, sir, with a, with a girlfriend and a wife. Are you hearing me? I, I, that's just plain talk, and plain talk's easily understood. I said, you're committing adultery. It's infidelity. God cursed it. You can't do it and make it to heaven. Are you hearing me? You got to deal with the stuff in the house. Can I get a witness? I'm going to hurry. So when, when we see this thing, there's this purging that takes place. Jesus comes in to cleanse. He comes in with the whip, John 2.15 said, made a small cords and drove them out because there is a need to be holy. Can you say amen? Jesus, the scripture said in Luke 11, I, I love this story, said he was casting out a devil and he was dumb. In other words, it was a spirit of muteness. The man couldn't talk. In another place, and then I, I, I said this this morning, 
morning there was a boy that the father brought him to Jesus and said he's got a spirit. And what it said about him said he's a lunatic. He's lost his mind. He foams at the mouth. It tears him. He throws him in the fire, in the water, tries to burn him up, tries to drown him. He's lost all reason. You hear me. There are all in this world demon spirits that lead to bondage, that lead to addiction, that lead to insanity, that lead, come on somebody, to lead to perversion, that lead to infidelity. I could just stand up here and tell you we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and some of the stuff we're allowing to stay in our house. It's not just a tendency. It's a devil. Are you hearing me? And you got to deal with the stuff in your house. Now deal with it. Man, guy looked at me one time, said, I can't live for the Lord because I like to smoke pot. He said, you can't tell me I have to give up my dope. I said, you do, you dope. He said, I can't be a Christian because I can't give up my, my music and the music he listened to is hellish. And you see, the whole, the whole problem is that people want to tell God how they're going to serve him. Are you with me? You can't do that. And, and the scripture said Jesus was casting out a devil. And it came to pass that when the devil was gone, that the man began to speak and the people wondered. And, but then somebody spoke up and said, but wait a minute. He's casting out devils through Beelzebub in, in Luke 11 and 15, the chief of devils. And then verse 17 said, but he knew their thoughts. How many knows Jesus knows what you're thinking right now? God knows what you're dealing with. He knows how you're trying to deal with it. He knows what you're trying to cover up. Are you hearing me? Uh, one guy told me one time, he said, you preachers just don't get it. He said, God wants me to be happy. I said, no, sir. God wants you to be holy. I said, you get holy, you get happy. I said, the kind of happy. <laughs> I love it when y'all look at me like this. I said, the kind of happy you're trying to get just leads down a road to more bondage. Are you with me? He knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every house divided against a house falls. I wish our politicians would hear this today. I'm moving on. In verse 21, Jesus said, but when the strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. Talking about demons controlling people's lives, keeping you locked up in bondage, keeping you in the stuff that you live with. But he said, but when a stronger comes in, when Jesus comes in, he'll overcome him. He'll take from him his armor, his defense wherein he trusted. He'll take his power, divide his spoils. And then Jesus said, he that's not with me is against me. He that gathers not with me scatters. But when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest, finding none, and says, I'll return to my house from whence I came out. Are you hearing me? And when he comes, he finds it swept and garnished. Let me translate. Unattended, not prayed up, not serving God. Holy Spirit gone. God delivered you, but you turned back, amen, to the ways of the world, or you, you didn't pursue God, amen? But then he said, he goes and gets seven spirits more wicked than himself. They, they enter in. They dwell there. And the last state or condition of that man is worse than the first. You see, God wants us to deal with our stuff. Because if you don't, it just keeps adding up. I told him this morning, how many of you have ever seen that show, The Hoarders, about hoarders? I can't watch it. 
it creeps me out, if I can say such a thing. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I, I watched one episode one time and felt like I had the wheelies for three or four days, you know. And uh, this woman, when you walked in the house, it was piled up three, four feet high everywhere. And in the corners, it was piled to the ceiling. The kitchen looked like a hotel for rats or something. It was, it was junk, nasty, piled up. And, 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 and the family did an intervention, and they brought a dumpster. <laughs> Whew, I'm about to preach now. And they parked the dumpster out front, and they started packing out the trash and started, come on, somebody, God needs to do some intervention in some people's lives. <laughs> I don't know why I'm preaching this way. Somebody's going to get delivered. I really believe that. But they, they started throwing out the trash and that lady was weeping and she was saying, it's my stuff. It's my stuff. And I'm sitting here today thinking, what about the stuff in our house that God wants us to deal with? And they kept throwing it out and they kept saying, we're going to save your life. It's for your health. Amen. If this place catches on fire, you're going to burn up. You're going to get diseased. You're going Come on, somebody. There was cats and dogs and all crawling around and all that goes with that. And I said, and I watched that and I thought, dear God, when I was preparing this message, we got hoarders in the house of God that are hoarding up trash and God wants you to deal with it. God wants you to deal with it. Why? Why do I need to take care of the house? Why do you need to take care of your family? Why do we parents need to, listen, train up our children in the way they should go? Because one day they're going to be grown and you're going to be gone and the word of God is a seed that remains and it's going to touch them. No matter where they are with God. Amen. I pointed her out this morning. Little Abby sitting here just had a birthday. She's 19 years old. I remember when she was born. I said, I watched her grow up this morning, and the thought hit me, yeah, and you watched her daddy grow up too. <laughs> That's how old I am. And I saw her up here on the platform with her tennis shoes on this morning, praising God. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Come on, somebody. Some of y'all need to get rid of some of your stuff this today. I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to praise. Amen. If a pair of tennis shoes hinders you, pray through. What is the purpose of this house? Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. In Luke 18 and 1, he spoke a parable that said, men ought to pray always and not faint. First Thessalonians 5.17, just a little verse says, pray without ceasing. What's that mean? It means my relationship with God is the focus and the purpose of my worship service, of my life, of my home, of my personal life. I put Jesus first. Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God and then all the other things you need to be added to you. Instead, we try to fill up our life with stuff. Can I, can I say something? How old are you? 19, there's another 19-year-old. I'm a little older than you. But if I have to have a stinking mind-altering substance to be happy, I have missed the boat completely. 
You hearing me? I don't need drugs. I don't need booze. I've been down that pike. I've been down that road. Ain't nothing there. It is, can I say it two words? Stupid. How'd you like that? It's a place of prayer. It's a place of power. Jesus walked right by. I'm going to close here just a few minutes. Walked right by a temple and a man laid there all of his life and Jesus didn't heal him. But later, Peter and John walked by and he was begging alms and Peter looked at him and said, or John looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. 38 years, everybody knew him. Everybody going in and out of that temple all the time, they knew who he was. I mean, it wasn't fake. It wasn't staged. He'd been there all of his life. He was born crippled. He never stood up at all. And when they, just sitting there with a cup waiting for somebody to beg. But what they gave him that day, in the name of Jesus, he came up. The Bible said he jumped up. He went leaping, running, praising into the temple. Everybody knew it was him. They called the disciples before him. They said, well, we can't punish him because this is a notable miracle. And everybody knows the Bible, Bob out here, whatever his name was, was really crippled. And if we try to do something with them, they're going to revolt against us. So they threatened them. They said they warned them, don't you preach in the name of the Lord anymore. It's a place of power. Churches, can you say amen? So they went to prayer in Acts 4.29. It said, they said, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants boldness. Amen. Uh, that we that with all boldness we may speak thy word. Amen. By stretching forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus I love this next part and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and uh, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost I'm going to add the word again and they spoke the word of God with boldness listen church is not supposed to be a place where we all time just dealing with stuff we'll deal with it get rid of it because church is a place of power it's a place of healing it's a place of salvation Brother Jim Hansen standing back. Stand up back there. Brother Jim had fourth stage cancer. In the middle of it, he had a Widowmaker heart attack. He was supposed to have been dead four or five years ago, but he was in the house of God. It's a place of power. It's a place of healing. It's a place, come on, it's a place of deliverance. We just need to get rid of the stuff that's in the house. Hallelujah. Somebody came to me one day and said, Brother Media, I'm going to leave this church. Why? They said, I'm just not getting fed here. I said, you're big enough to feed yourself. I said, you bottle feed babies. But if you have to part the whiskers to put the nipple in, you got a problem. <laughs> huh? You know what the problem was? They didn't want to deal with stuff. They wasn't, it wasn't a problem. They wasn't getting fed. They wasn't hearing what they wanted to hear. Shake your little head, yes. That's right. I mean, let me hurry. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of power. It's a place of praise. Psalm 34 and 3 said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I mean, came to magnify the Lord. I saw you out there this morning. I, I was back there trying to get dressed. After the baptism, y'all out here shouting, and I about came out without my shoes on. I wanted to get in on it. Are you with me? Let's exalt his name together. Come on, Nick. 
God is looking at the church today and he said, there's stuff. It's in the walls. And some of it's deeper than the plaster. I heard uh, John Kilpatrick preaching up in Virginia. I was up there for a meeting. And uh, Kilpatrick was the pastor of the Great Browns Revival in, was it 95? No, it was that. Uh, Father's Day 95. Went on for seven years revival. Millions came from around the world to that revival. But Kilpatrick got called up into the mountains of Virginia up there in that area where Glenn Sturgill was from, that Grundy area. And uh, he said he was up there preaching a meeting. And he said, I'd go over to the church to pray. And he said, when I'd get out of the car, he said, I've been there a few days and said, it's having a move, having a move. And said, so the Lord kept saying, I'm going to do a great thing here, great thing here. But said like it was kind of holding back. And, you know, the feeling. You, you just anticipate. And he said, I'd get out of the car at night in the parking lot, man. And he said, in them woods, he said, I'd hear voices. And he said, it's old mountain people's voices. And so they're crying, saying, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, send revival to these hills. Save our children, Lord. Save our grandchildren, Lord. Save our generations. And he said, I kept hearing them. said it was like a crescendo of voices coming out of them hills. He said, I'd walk in that church to pray and said, I'd hear it like it's coming out of the walls. And said, finally, one night he said he was preaching. He said, I can't stand it no longer. And said, he named it. And he said, when I named that, he said, it was like dozens just flooded the altars to get saved. And he said, what I found out was that for years in them mountains right there, them old mountain people had weighed out in them hollers and out in them hills in them mountains and prayed some of them for days. Lord, save our children. Lord, save our generations. And he said, folk, I'm going to tell you something. And I never think about this, reading about what's in the walls. In this, in this instance, in that book of Leviticus, it was a plague. But I want to tell you, in the walls of this house, there's voices. There's prayers. There's, there's prophecies. There's witnesses of the Holy Ghost. You may have walked in here and said, I don't know nothing about that. But let me tell you something. Scrape the plaster off, baby. It's deeper than the drywall. It's ingrained in this house. There's, I feel like saying that. My God said, amen, that my gifts and callings are without repentance. My word never returns void. I'm here to tell you the house of God is on exhibit today. And the scripture said that judgment begins at the house of God. And if it begins with us, where will the ungodly and the righteous appear? What's that mean? That means simply that God's saying to the church, it's time to deal with stuff and get back to prayer. Get back to praise. Get back to worship. Get back to the move of the Holy Ghost in the house. Stand with me if you would. She I just heard this in my spirit. The Lord said, you don't have to be told that it's going to happen if I tell my prophet it's going to happen. 
Come up here, Sister Moody, stand by here by me. When we were just young in the ministry and just started this church and we were meeting in the back room of a carpet store, we'd have prayer meetings at the house. 35, 40 people would come. They didn't come to drink coffee and eat cake. They come to pray. I've had people get baptized in the Holy Ghost under my dining room table laying on the floor. God was moving. And I was working in a factory. And one night I was working third shift in the factory. And I, I would preach. And uh, that weekend on Sunday night, my work week began. I had to be at work, Kevin, at 11 o'clock on Sunday night. So I'd preach Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I'd come home, change clothes, and take off to Lexington hours drive to work and uh, one Sunday afternoon I was laying in, the, in our bedroom I went in after we'd had morning service and we'd had dinner and I told my girlfriend here I said I'm going to go in and lay down on the bed try to rest a, two or three hours because I have to go to work after church tonight I went in and laid down on that bed and I couldn't sleep and the Holy Ghost started dealing with me. He said, get out of the bed and lay on the floor. I thought he's going to help me rest on the floor. Um, you know, you ain't always the brightest bulb in the box. And I slid out on the floor and all of a sudden it's like a weightiness of God's glory came on me. I couldn't get up. And the Holy Ghost said to me, you're going to that church. And I'm going to walk in with you in a service and I'm going to do miracles and I'm going to establish this work in this community. I thought, oh God. I couldn't get up out of the floor, Penny. It was like, it's like he had his hands in the middle of my back and I couldn't get up. He didn't want me to get up and he just kept talking to me. He said, you'll see miracles like you've heard of. You'll see them. So after a while, I think laying on the floor I did just drift off to sleep later that evening I got up I got ready for church and I went back expecting man this is it it wasn't just normal routine service but the following week we walked in on a Sunday morning and the power of God hit and this little lady was blind one eye, her eye was damaged as an infant and she was legally blind couldn't see nothing no form, just a blur if she looked right at light you could see the damage in her eye and we walked into the service that morning and God started moving and the first thing he did was open that blind eye he healed it things started happening there was a woman that was having heart trouble and she hadn't even told her husband about it. The Lord gave me a word of knowledge. I said, the Lord said that pain you've been having at your heart, but it won't happen again. And it's been 35 years ago. She's never had any more heart trouble. A man who, a car rolled back on him between another car and crushed his knees, couldn't bend his knees, knelt at the altar that day, healed by the power of God people started getting baptized in the Holy Ghost over on this side of the church. People over here started getting healed. Miracles started happening. It was one right after the other that day. I just stood there in awe. And all of a sudden in that church, Sister Moody said it, before we knew it, in a little while, there were nine gifts of the Spirit operating in that church on a regular basis.
It was amazing. People came from everywhere. That little building, we'd have as many sometimes outside trying to get in as we had inside. Here's what the Lord said to me today. That's my house. And it starts here. Judgment starts here. What's that mean? That means we have to be right if we're going to try to win. How can we expect the world to repent if we won't? Huh? How can we expect the world to be hungry for His glory if we're not? That's good. It has to start with the church. That's good. I don't know about you, but I want a move of God. Yes. I'm not just in this for a show or for a big name. I, that's all. That's, well, that's nothing. But I'm here for the glory of God. This is my house, he said. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of praise. It's a house of power. It's a house of miracles. But you got to deal with the stuff in the house first. If there's stuff in your life that's keeping you back from God's glory, you're getting cheated. Why don't you come and deal with it today? If there's stuff in your life that's keeping you back, thank you, baby, from where God wants to take you, you're being robbed. Is there stuff in your life that's keeping you from getting deliverance? I've been praying for Robert. It's on me to pray for him. The Lord showed me one time that Robert was more than a distant cousin to me. He's a spiritual son. He's a spiritual son to me. And yesterday he sent me a picture from the field of him with his buck that he had killed. I text it back and said, look at you, son. Look at you. I let him know I was proud of him. But that's not it. God, he, we gotta, he's got to deal with the stuff in his house because God's got a plan for his life. You understand? So what, what about you? Are you going to deal with your stuff today? And uh, we've got to hurry, but I want Nick to sing. I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, but if you want to be delivered from stuff today, do we need to pull the dumpster up to your house? I'm talking spiritually here. And let's just start throwing the trash away so we can get so we can get through to the glory, okay? So we can get healthy again. Is that all right? You need deliverance while he sings, why don't you come? Order my shot time. You need to be loose, just come on. Nobody's gonna judge you. We're gonna help you. Come on, come around this altar. Come on, I need to be free, preacher. There's some stuff I need to deal with. Come on, come on, it's you and God. It's you and God. I know I heard from the Lord. That's it, baby. Come on, there's some stuff. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying maybe there's some stuff in your family, in your loved ones, in your children, in your siblings that needs to be dealt with. Come on, bring it to the altar. Come on, bring it on. Wash me in mercy. Come on, these front seats are open. You, you can kneel around them. You can social distance. Bring your stuff up here. Don't take that junk home with you. Throw it in the dumpster. It's right down here at the altar. Let us get you free this morning. Get delivered in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you prayer warriors want to come and stand around and pray over them. Come on.
say this. I heard the Lord just now say that there's people here today. You've been bound by a long time by unforgiveness. There's some things that somebody's done to you, people have done to you, maybe even your parents or family members, close members, and it's, it's hurt you. You've tried to get past it. But every time you get around them, that thing comes back up. And unforgiveness leads to bitterness. Bitterness produces poison. It can even cause cancer. It's been known to kill people. But my point spiritually is this. If you want to be delivered today, God says, I want you right now to just say this out loud. Just say, Lord Jesus. Let's everybody say it. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I just lay this unforgiveness down. Lay this unforgiveness down. I plead the blood over my own life. Get this out of my heart. Lord, I accept your forgiveness. Accept your forgiveness. And I'm sorry for being unforgiving. I'm sorry for being And I forgive this person. I may not feel like it. Say it. I may not feel like it. But as an act of my will, I unload unforgiveness right now. And chains are falling off my life. Bitterness is leaving my heart. Because I trust your word, God. In Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're guilty of. You're in a place of forgiveness this morning. You're in a place where that green star of mercy is shining down and grace is shining down. There's hope for you. It doesn't matter what you were guilty of doing or what caused you to do it. If you'll just give it to Jesus this morning and say, chains fall. I receive forgiveness. I receive God's grace right now. And I'm free in the name of Jesus. I'm free in the name of Jesus. There's a move of God about to happen. But we've got to deal with the stuff in the house first. We've got to get the house right. We've got to be right here. The church has got to be right. Are you hearing me? Your family needs to be right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody need? Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and it made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am Somebody's hurting in their hand, their wrist, hand area. 
I know Sister Moody is. Come on up here. Anybody else, when God speaks this, it's because he's going to heal it. Anybody else, you have pain right now in your hand, your wrist, even, I'm, and I'm thinking even in the thumb area, right by, right by the wrist. Anybody else? Just come on. You, you've been having, I'm not just talking about a little hurt. I'm talking about some serious pain. Just come on. Whatever it is, just bring it right up here. Bring it right up here. Praise God. Come over here, baby. Step behind them. Anybody else? Glory, glory. Do what? The, the wrist, pain in the wrist, even in the thumb, right, like right near the wrist. Amen. There's a healing power here right now. Hallelujah. Some of you sisters stand right behind these ladies here. Come on, Derek, right there. Just lay your hand right on them. In the name of Jesus. Right now, I loose you from it. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. I loose you now. Be healed. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Holy Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. I want to say this. There was a call came in a while ago. A man that's a part of this church and hasn't been here for some time because they've been afraid of the COVID. And I got, forgive me, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said they've been afraid of the court of the COVID. The Lord just checked me not to say that. But because of the COVID concerns, they've not been here. And I just got word a while ago, he has COVID. And he's asked us to pray for him to be healed. And this is what I hear in my spirit right now. Everybody in this room probably has been affected by the COVID. Either you had it or it's, it's brought a, a fear or a concern to you or a bondage. It's, it's hindered your life in some way. And I'm going to pray right now for that to move, every bit of it. Every symptom of it. My my wife and I both had it, you know, back in August. And it's, it's you know, there's some things that I, I said this the other day, talking to a preacher. I said, we may never see normal like we knew normal again. And he said, well, I rebuke that. I said, you're not hearing me. I said, I'm not saying that things are not going to get better. But I said, think with me about 9-11-2001. I said, there are some things that have never changed since then. You hear me? Airport security, we still have the thoughts of being vulnerable. But I want to tell you that right now, I believe God is going to set you free from fear and from the hindrances that this thing has called us and even from the physical from the physical effects because some people, they, they're, they're, they're negative from the COVID, but there's still physical effects. I've heard them say shortness of breath, ongoing temperature, some other things. And I want to rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. Raise your hand up if you'll receive it. In the name of Jesus, every spirit of fear, every spirit of anxiety, every hindering spirit that came with the COVID, I break it in Jesus' name. Chains fall. Fear bound. Lives healed now. Here now. Oh, yes. Here now. Oh. oh my God. 
Oh my God, there's a release in the spirit right now. Whoa, be free. Chains fall, fear bow, lives healed here now. come into the house, we've scraped the plaster off, we've dug out the infected stones, we declare it, the house is torn down and rebuilt with healing. Healing in the house. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do this. Shake off those chains. Shake off the bands of fear and doubt. Come on, we used to sing, just shake off those heavy bands. Shake them off. Now lift up those holy hands and give God glory. Give God praise. It's free. Holy. Come on, somebody. Praise it like you believe it. Holy. God has taken us to a new level. How many are thankful for that? I can't wait to go deeper and deeper. I, I can't wait to experience the things that isn't all inclusive when it comes to God's glory. It's going to be great. Man, God is so good. You can go ahead and stand with us. We're going to be dismissed this morning. The presence of God has been so great. If you can tonight, if uh, you'd like to stop by from 4 to 9 will be the visitation for Sister Judy. She's been such a staple in this church for so long. Uh, Brother Raymond, it would, would, I'd I'm sure he'd love to see you. Uh, so, and tomorrow at 11, I believe, if I'm correct, uh, they're going to be honoring her as well. So if you can't come, please be in prayer for their family. Just, uh, I know Brother brother Raymond texted me a few days this week when we were talking back and forth. I, know, I couldn't imagine, you know, what he's going through. And he, um, I know, just have him in your prayers this week and for her kids. And I know, you know what I mean? Just be in prayer for the whole family. Brother Jim Hanson, if you would, will you dismiss us in prayer this morning? Jesus.
Amen. If I could have your attention real quick before you leave. Normally, we have uh, a cl- the cleaning crew come in after service for the second service to clean. But we forgot this, and I, I need to ask. This funeral home is coming in here very, very soon. So if we could have uh, maybe five to ten people stay after to help sanitize the building, just extra clean, especially because people who are coming in from not inside the church are going to be here. If you're willing to do that, it won't take ten minutes if we have enough people to do it. Just stand back there at those back doors, and I'll meet you in a second. But I'm sorry, I forgot to do that because it's unorthodox. We usually have somebody come and clean uh, after service at 1130. Uh, but if you could, if you have five, ten extra minutes to help us out, just wait at that back door, and I'll meet you back there in a second so that we can get it done before the funeral home has to get in here in the next like hour so uh thank you and i have just one more quick announcement for young adults um because of COVID 19 we're only meeting once a week it's really hard for me to get back to everybody and uh if anybody's new with us or if you haven't connected with us in a while it's hard for me to to find everybody but brother david's helping me with a number up here um our young adults group is from ages high school seniors up to age 30 this slide says text our hop to that number but you can also text the word pursuit to that number and uh, we are actually back active. Um, and we're not meeting on Wednesday nights as we normally do, but we're doing some home groups on Friday nights. We get together, we worship together, we study the word together, we have conversations, we learn from one another, and it's just really a good time and community. So if you're between the ages of high school senior up to age 30, and maybe you've been looking for some place to connect like that, it's been really great so far, and we'd love to have you as part of that. So again, the slide up here, the number, you just text um, pursuit instead of RHOP, and this would also be a good chance for me to tell you if you haven't texted for the RHOP alerts, you can also text RHOP to that number, especially with um, bad weather coming up and potential uh, cancellations. It's really good to be on that list for any notifications that we need to send out. I think we're finished now. God bless you. Have a great week. you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.